Music Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Hugh Shee from Cavanaghs of Charnival is uh, with us now to have a chat uh, specifically about the second-hand car market right now. Good morning to you, Hugh. How are you doing? Good morning. So, Hugh, um, why is the demand high at the minute for second-hand cars? Basically, uh, it's to do with a supply issue. Um, two or three major sources of supply have now been cut off. One was um, Brexit, causing the UK market to virtually disappear overnight. Now, you can still import cars from from um, the UK, but it's not as financially attractive for either the dealer or the customers as, um, anymore. So that's the first reason. The second reason is the supply challenges that took place following the shutdown of a lot of plants globally uh, during the COVID lockdown. Um, some plants were involved in, in the production of components that cars needed. They, they made the most uh, obvious one would be semiconductors. These went in short supply when the plants um, tooled down basically during COVID. And since the whole production lines have come back up and uh, running again, they, they've had to play catch up. And because of the short supply in new cars, this has also affected the short supply in used cars because they're so intrinsically linked. So these are the supply challenges that we're facing, and this is the cause of the problem that we're seeing now, which is causing an escalation and spike in the price of used cars. And where are you and other dealers getting your second-hand cars from? It's a good question. Um, Whatever we can is the actual short answer. Uh, Some dealers are... Less affected, less the, the manufacturer that they represent is, is less affected by the supply issues. So if they've been trading healthily in new cars since January, they may still have a reasonable stock of used cars. Other dealers are still continuing to source them from abroad and not just the UK now. There are dealers that are looking at markets in the Far East and, and other markets to bring cars in. So that is also something that has been um, actively pursued now that wasn't pursued, let's say, a year ago. And the third source of supply, and probably the biggest source at the moment, is the public out there. So, so many people now, they've had a second car. Some fam- family homes have a third car, uh, if they've got an elder teenager or whatever, or a college-going student. So, some, some households have three cars. So, some of these people, they're working from home, they're working remotely, they, they may not need a second car or a third car. So this is a market now that uh, many dealerships are looking at and trying to incentivize these people to sell their vehicle and uh, maybe do without or else just go with one vehicle in the family household. Okay, so we're chanting Hugh Sheehy from Cabinets of Charleville. So this isn't trading, this is somebody coming in and you paying cash for their second-hand car. Yeah, effectively it is indeed, yeah. Um, we still see that that's, there's an opportunity there Um they will get a very good price for their car. Their, their, their car may have even increased in value in the last couple of years since, since they purchased it. And we would, we, would, we would purchase the vehicle for straight cash, yes. Hmm. So, I mean, naively I might have thought that the second-hand car market would be dwindling because of the pressure to move towards, you know, um, vehicles that are uh, more economic from a fuel point of view, the talk of phasing out diesel uh, engines over the next few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, I think what happened was prior to some of these, sort of, let's say, crisis we, we face now with, with the whole issue with, with Ukraine and with fuel and, and the environment and so on, 
there was a huge amount of momentum to try and move in this direction. And that movement was basically, if I can describe it, Joe, it was from ICE, internal combustion engines, to mild hybrids, then maybe to plug-in hybrids, which have an electrical component that you can plug into the wall, and then to fully electric. So that started the, the path that, that, let's say, the commentators were envisioning was going to take place. But right now, that, that, that has been disrupted by, by all of the, the issues that are taking place globally. And I, I think the, still the petrol and diesel car, and even the, the ones that were, let's say, built many, many years ago, let's say in the, between 2010 and 2020, they're now still seen as viable for the moment until, let's say, some of these, these crises solve themselves. Right. Now, I think this is the point, Hugh, where we better warn anyone uh, listening to make sure they're sitting down. What sort of prices are out there now and how much have they increased for second-hand cars? Um, it, it obviously varies with the value of the vehicle, but in general, there have been price rises on used cars, let's say, between 10 and possibly 20% on certain vehicles over the last. So a vehicle that, let's say, was standing at a retail value of, let's say, 15000 a couple of years ago, that may still be worth 15000 even though two years have now passed. It may even be worth a little bit more. Um, so that's the sort of price rises. But what people have to remember, Joe, is that, they, that if they, this is only of value to them if they can sell their vehicle and do without. If they have to sell their vehicle and move up to another vehicle, well, that vehicle too, of course, has appreciated. And if it's a new vehicle, um, it may have appreciated even more because of the supply restrictions in the new cars. Right. I mean, that's incredible in ways because obviously the whole, let's be honest, the whole business model uh, in car dealerships, the reality of life is, and maybe it's one of the reasons that you offer PCPs and other things, the minute you drive a new car off the forecourt, it depreciates in value. The idea that yeah. second-hand cars are going up in value, you know, despite the fact they're ageing, is, is amazing. Yeah, correct. Uh, it is I can't ever remember it happening, happening in the industry where there has been appreciation to this extent anyway. Um, and it's like the perfect storm, three or four supply issues all at once coming together and you have this scenario. But that that is what's taking place. Um, vehicles that we have sold to customers maybe two or three years ago, we've bought them back pretty much at the same level now when they're trading in and they're going on to their next vehicle Uh that, 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 that's unprecedented, yes. Yeah, it certainly is. We're chatting to Hugh Sheeve and Cabinets of Charleville. Some of the people that I would feel sorriest for in this scenario are younger people, mm-hmm. maybe, looking for their first, second-hand car. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they, they are the, the sort of the, the forgotten generation from this, this COVID. They, 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 they have it on the housing, and now they have it on the car side of things as well. It is quite difficult to get established. There, there is quite a large stock of vehicles that are let's say zero eight to zero let's say uh, 2014 out there joe that they can still tap into and they're they're still reasonably priced uh for what you're getting okay so there is value to be had still out there but yes that there is more restrictions on that than it was heretofore. Yeah. Hugh, when would you expect the pressure on new cars to ease and a stronger supply to come through again? Yeah, um, commentators are telling us that um, when the new car issue gets addressed, then we'll start to see improvements in the used cars. We, we expect to trade throughout this year in, in typical circumstances with the, with the whole issue starting to come right in quarter one, 2023. So if I come into you now and I'm looking for a new car, uh, what's the timeline? 
Um, yeah, probably uh, depending on the, the the model. Some of them are available right now. Depending on the model, some 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 production lines are up to speed and they're back and they don't have issues with semiconductors and so on. So some some vehicles, depending on the model, are available right now. For other ones, um, you may be looking at two months, maybe three months, depending depending on the model you choose. And is the second category the more popular models? No, the the more popular models are the ones. Thankfully, that are that are available here now, the likes of the Ford Puma, the Kuga, yeah. Why is that? Um, I think Ford would have, in, which is our brand, would have put their resources into the more popular models and made sure that they were at least available uh, in the short term to to satisfy demand. Right. I mean, one other point, Hugh. Um, you know, there was the famous song uh, "Video Killed the Radio Star." I mean, do you think that it, all the pressure on climate change and energy costs and all of that, and you know, I, I know the, the slow move, but it is happening to electric. I mean, do you feel you're working in an industry that won't exist in twenty years, or will just have revolutionised? Yeah. Oh, I, I think it will exist. People need to get from A to B. It's, I suppose, the general. The category now is, as you call us, we're in the mobility service business. We're, we're into getting people from where they need to, to go to where they need to get to. So I think it is going through a sea change. Uh, you often hear the term disruptive technology, and there's a lot of disruptive technologies now in the marketplace. For instance, there's apps tied to an awful lot of cars that actually diagnose the problem before the car even pulls into the dealership. The dealer may even know what the issue is through the um, app that's connected to the person's vehicle. So it's massive, massive change driven by technology. I think the important thing I would say, Joe, is that the whole environmental uh, uh, agenda needs to be pursued and it needs to be got there, but in a staged and phased basis. And I think that's the mistake that that the Irish government have made in the last couple of years. They've gone headlong for the fully electric model. Uh, Everything needs to be electric by 2030. It's just not feasible. Okay, but when it will it be feasible? Do you think to get to fully electric? Oh, I think um, I think like I said, if, if you take the, the four stages: internal combustion, mild hybrid, plug-in hybrid, fully electric, you're probably looking at twenty twenty fifty more realistically. Twenty fifty. For, 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 twenty years after Minister Eamon Ryan is saying it'll be the case. Probably, probably so. If you if you're taking the majority of the cars, yes, yeah. Oh. Yeah. I, th- I actually thought you might say 2035 or maybe 2040. I'm mm-hmm. a bit surprised you said 2030. If, if you say, maybe, yeah, that might be a little bit long, but cer- certainly not, not on the 2030 timescale that they're planning anyway. All right. Fascinating. Listen, really appreciate your time this morning. Thanks so much for talking to us. That's Hugh Sheehy there from Kavanaugh's of Charleville. What do you make of what he's had to say? Much more to come on this morning's show. Call Limerick today now on 461995.